Hey everybody, welcome to Read This, Read That. I am Jackie Reed after much technical difficulty. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, Jackie Reed. I am Joy Ann Reed and I am here. I made it somehow. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm going to tell everybody what's been going on. This is take two for us doing this podcast today because you and your wonderful husband, Jason, um, are trying to set up for a very special event that you're doing tonight via Zoom, but yes. instead of doing it on your computer like you're doing it now, you're trying to do it through a camera. Why fancy pants? I know, we're, we're gonna be fancy with it. So I'm doing this, um, it, it's like a Zoom, uh, I guess you would call it like a multiverse broadcast, yeah. and it's called The Politics of COVID-19, mm. and it's a Black Women Speak kind of series thing. This is Angela Rye production. Love that. Me I love that. And, yeah, no, it's very cool. It's me, Angela Rye, Amanda Seals, Tiffany Cross, Sunny Hostin, Aaron Haynes, Brittany Packnett Cunningham, and Jamel Hill. We're all going to get on together. We're going to talk a about great group of women. Yeah, and it's really important to like have this conversation about the way that COVID-19 is really impacting Black people. And so yeah. having Black women all come together and talk about the reporting of it, the medical of it, the everything of it. And so that is what we're doing tonight. So we're trying to set this up to do it through the camera rather than through the computer. And wow. you know, tech is tech, it's not always reliable. But why do you <laughs> want to do it through the camera instead of the computer? Because you look great here. Yeah. And you got to ask Jason. He's the he he's into all this technical. Uh, I got you. Please just try something. I, I would just, oh, I would use a typewriter. Like if I was remaking the world the way I would like it, there would be no tech. I, the, he has this whole house rigged up where you have to like go in an app, turn on the lights. Like he loves all this technical stuff. Me, I would use a typewriter. You know, I would never have a, a I wouldn't even have a vacuum cleaner. I would just use a broom. I believe in going back to like old fashioned. I know it. It works. There's no mechanical. There's no, I don't like tech. I'm anti-tech. I'm a tech noob. I'm against technology. Okay. I'm an anti-technology human. I'm with you. I'm with you. I was like, what is going on? It's like, just do it on the computer. It's like, if anybody asks me to do anything, I'm like, uh, like we had to do a promo for my TV show and they wanted all the on fit on camera people to record these lines so they could put it together in a Brady Bunch S kind of promo, you know, we're here for you. We're with you. <laughs> we love you, New York, that whole kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And so I recorded it. Um, I had to record it on my phone, just on my phone camera, but then I had to upload it to somebody and all that. And it wasn't, they couldn't get it because they had to join. They had to accept a request or go in a room and, and we transfer. Girl, it was almost yeah. like, listen, I don't have to be in it. I don't have to be in it. I mean, no, I'm with you. I, I just, technology and I don't get along really well. We are not, we are not friends. Like it never, anything that's like technical never works for me. So I just, I, I don't bother with technology personally. Uh, I, I'm with you on that. If it's, if anybody ever asked me, can you just do a thing? And all you have to do is, that's the, the first part of that sentence is all you have to do is, I know that shit ain't gonna work. Cause I can't make it work. I mean, maybe somebody else. I always have to get one of my millennials. I always have to get one of my kids. This or is the thing to me all to have a teenager around. <laughs> you need a young person. You need somebody from that generation where for them it's nothing. So I'll call my daughter, one of the sons or Hank and you know, who's the same age as my daughter, which is really weird, uh, who's my sidekick. I'll get one of them and then they can magically make these technological things work. But I personally, Generation X me, I can't make anything work. Okay, uh, none of that works for me. <laughs> I can't, and I don't have the patience for it. It's like, me once my anxiety reaches like a point two, I'm done. I'm done. Yes. I don't know. No, same here. Same here. I, same here. I have no patience. I was blessed with a lot of things. The patience was not one of them. <laughs> well, it sounds like an amazing group of women. And, and when did you say we could see this? Because I really want to, are we tuning in live for it or how does it work? So we're doing it through Zoom, but now, Senna, one of the challenges with Zoom, and this is one of the, the criticisms of it, as much as we love it and we're pre appreciating it, especially now that we're in two different cities and still able to do the podcast, so we love it. But one of the challenges with Zoom is security, is making sure no one can jump into your Zoom if your Zoom is publicly known about that people can't creep in. So we are doing it, we're recording it. We're not doing it live. Um, we're gonna record it just like we're recording this, and then we're gonna post it. Because there's a way that you can actually take Zoom and connect it to like Facebook Live. Because I did one of these last night for 
um, one of the radio stations in New York. It was like W, uh, what was it? Not WLRB, but one of the radio stations in New York uh -huh. wanted to do a whole talk about COVID-19 as well. And it was on Zoom, but it was also live. So you can do that. We're recording this, but you can actually do it live through Facebook Live. I wouldn't want to do that with something like this because we all have our own security issues and trolls. And the last thing you want is trolls jumping into your Zoom while you're doing it. So we're going to record it just the way we're recording this, and then we're going to post it. So it should post on Friday, um, and then everyone can see it. You can go on my Facebook. You can I'm going to link to it through Twitter and through Instagram, but you'll be able to see it on my, my Facebook page. So Joy Reid Official is where you'll be able to see it. I love that. And I love that it's a group of black women and just so many brilliant black women. The list that you named is incredible because, you know, I had to take a break from the COVID-19 coronavirus coverage just because not just of the Trump pep rallies, but just just all of the coverage and the way that um, the media is covering it and just the information um, is just overwhelming and it makes me anxious and I really had to step back from it. And so it would be nice to get facts from credible women, right? Credible journalists that most of you, um, no, not the credibility part, the journalist part. There are a lot of journalists <laughs> that you name there. Some people come from politics and things like right. that. So it's a nice group. Um, yeah. But it's a, it's, it's a wonderful group of women who deal in facts. And so I can kind of like tune into that and feel like I'm listening to or sitting in with a group of my girlfriends, right? talking about this in a way that is just just doesn't make my heart flutter doesn't make me anxious you know what i mean so i'm i'm excited about this i can't wait yeah. to find out when you guys are going to post it do you know when so i don't know what time we're going to post it what i'll do is if everybody checks uh, and you know goes on my my tweet you know i tell everything on twitter uh, on twitter and instagram um, I will let people know when it's going to post. So we'll put all that information up. Uh, I'll try to also get the show, uh, good old Alexis with the show Twitter handle to tell people when they can watch it. And I'm also going to mention it on the show this weekend okay. so that everybody will know where to find it. And so I will direct everybody to it if you, if you check out the show this weekend. And by the way, I will, on the thing you were just saying, Jackie, you know, even Governor Cuomo, when he did one of his recent daily press conferences, which actually are part of my mental health at this point because they actually calm me down, you know, in yeah. a way because he's giving you just plain information and he always has something hopeful and positive to say. Yeah. Um, he talked about the fact that a lot of people are experiencing anxiety and the sort of stir craziness, like cabin fever, yeah. and how that is producing a whole separate kind of anxiety because not being able to leave the house sounds fun. It sounds like like pre-retirement until you do it <laughs> and then you're like Wait a minute. I'm t I could not be happier with it I mean I get that there are some people that this is just not the way of life for them but I'm telling you I am not one of those people I could not this could let go for another six months and I'd be fine <laughs> you'd be like I'm fine now no well, I mean I'm blessed to have you know everything that I need here um yeah. for the most part and my mother who's in another state and my sister who's in another state, you know, they're good. And most of my family members are good. So I don't have a lot, you know, and my job is good, you know, for now, as far as I can work from home. So I, so I don't have a lot of other things coming into, you know, into the picture. I'm not worried about food, but a lot of people are, a lot of people financially more than anything are worried about it. But yeah, girl, I am so happy at home. I'm so happy, but yeah, I do. I, to your point, I do know that for some people, it is very stressful to yeah. be confined to, you know, even if you have a, a lot of space, which in New York, a lot of people do not, but even mm -hmm. if you have relatively some space, you know, two bedrooms or, you know, something, you know, a townhouse, that can still um, make people feel claustrophobic and yes. confined. So I get that. Absolutely. And I think for, um, for a lot of people too, just being at home with their kids like you know you love your kids but for a lot of people having children is mitigated by the fact that they spend eight hours a day at school while you are at work and so now you have i have a lot of friends that have young younger kids who they're now cooped up with them all the time and that's a whole different kind of stress because at this you know as they get older you know they're not just like cute smelling babies who even their poop is cute, right? At a certain point, they have demands. They're bored every second. I know I used to, we used, my, my sister, my brother and I used to drive my mother crazy with two words, I'm bored. We would say it all the time. And she'd be like, it's three, there's three of you. You mean to tell me you can't, the three of you can't find something to do? How are you bored? You have a piano downstairs. Go practice the piano. You have games, a whole 
pantry full of games you could play. You know, go play with your Atari back then. <laughs> you know, do something. <laughs> you know, read a book. <laughs> do yeah. some extra homework. Yeah. You know, and you realize that when you're home with your kids, your kids become another source of stress and they're stressed out. And then also asking you questions about this thing that could kill anybody, could kill grandma. Why can't I go see grandma? Like there's a lot of stress that's happening right now where people don't have access to the means they normally would have of stress relief, like sleep. You know, I know my sleep is bo- is bollocked all over again. I fixed it. It's unfixed. Okay. I ain't sleeping. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so, because of work and everything for you. Yes. Yeah. But for a lot of people, it's just anxiety. And I, I wonder how people are dealing with all of these different kinds of anxiety now, you know, especially since there's also isolation with it. And for you, like you're saying, you're happy to be on your own. You're a person that can make, you know, mental space for aloneness, but a lot of people can't stand being alone. Yeah. I, you know, my boyfriend is here and my dogs are here. And to me, you know, animals are company for a lot of people. They are. And my boyfriend is great company. Um, but for both of us, you know, we still kind of spend time apart you know what I mean? So, so that we're not driving each other crazy, but we manage it in our, we just kind of work together in, you know, we, it just works. We have a good partnership in that we kind of get each other. I know when he needs a little space, he knows when I need a little space and it just works. But for a lot of people, yeah, they can't stand to be alone. And it's, it's you know, I was interviewing the brilliant Riza from the Wu-Tang Clan yesterday um for my podcast vegan sexy cool which Mm -hmm. you guys have to check out this interview because for those of you who love the iconic hip-hop you know group wu-tang clan i was fascinated to find out that the majority of them are vegan like big time vegans i had no idea i knew rizzo was but i didn't know like the entire band basically is but Rizza mm-hmm. also does this meditation series, and he's really a very deep brother, a very deep thinker, and he always has been. If you watch, you know, um, the docu uh, documentary and the docu series on um, on the band, you you can see that he was such a deep thinker. But he was just talking about, you know, the importance of meditation and the importance of learning something with this time that that we have, and really applying yourself to you know, just trying to take on something new and and taking on new experiences if you can in this time. But for a lot of people, it's hard to wrap your head around that. But I think meditation, journaling, working out in some kind of way, even in your home, even marching in place and doing things like that, you know, exercise, as you know, can have a tremendous impact on your mental. And a lot of people, you know, are sitting around watching TV, eating horrible foods, you know what I mean? Watching a lot of things that's stressing them out, a lot of news and things that's stressing them out. And you kind of have to get into a rhythm. You know, if you don't know how to do it, find somebody, you know, follow Riza. He has some great um, advice on his Instagram page with the post that he's posting. You know, I mean, we're here. What are you going to do? It's like you got yeah. you got to figure out what works for you and eating right you know, so many people are like, oh, man, I've eaten all my junk food. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, stop it. Stop. Yeah. Stop overindulging in those things and try to adopt some kind of a healthier lifestyle. The sleep that you're getting, even if you're not closing your eyes and actually getting sleep, just resting, turning everything off, listening to therapeutic sounds, the wind, you know, grasshoppers chirping, a coffee shop, which is one of my favorites because I love hearing people. Grasshoppers chirping is not stress de stressing. That would freak me out. Grasshoppers. That's it. So you have to be. You have to be from the country, <laughs> and I'm from Atlanta. So for a Georgia Georgia girl, hearing grasshoppers and crickets at oh, night, God. hearing girl. the sounds of nature, I birds chirping, girl. grasshoppers. Girl. I love that. Can I just tell you when I was growing up in Denver, when when I was living in Denver, when I was growing up there. The, one of the things used to scare the hell out of me the most were grasshoppers because what happened is, especially as you got closer to the summer, they would all come out and they would be on the on the sidewalk. And yeah. as you would walk down the street, they would all jump. And I was always so terrified when would land on me that when I would be walking down my street to get home after school, I would have to run all the way home because I was so terrified of them. They are terrifying. And if you look at what they look like up close, they're so gross. I used to be so scared of grasshoppers. They would be in our driveway. These things were everywhere. They're terrifying. Ah, no. I'm not, listen, I don't want to hold a grasshopper. No. I definitely don't. And there are people who eat them. I can't. But you have to think about this. Think about um, the, the I, I'm not a bug person either. I hate bugs. But bugs 
play a key role to eating ticks. I don't know if grasshoppers necessarily eat ticks, but, um, you know, eating other bugs out there that, you know, may harm you or harm your pet. And they're an important part of the ecosystem. So it's like, even though we don't like them, I try not to, I try not to, um, girl, I'm just so connected with nature. <laughs> I think I work in in Georgia and Atlanta. We have this place called the Fern Bank Science Center. Right. Uh, And I'll tell you, so, you know, it has so many things that focus on nature and things like that. I tell you, I'm just like a different person. But I I never thought I would be defending bugs in this way. (laughs) I'm one who I just do not like bugs, but I have, as of late, realized the important role that they play um, in our ecosystem. So it's like, okay, respect. You're helping. You're helping the plants to live so we can get oxygen. Do your thing. But I they are creepy. They're not as creepy as the praying mantis. Have you seen the praying mantis? I I don't want to have anything to do with praying mantises either. (laughs) They all can go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. So so what have you been doing with yourself? Um, Are you just working weekends? I know you filled in on the seven o'clock hour of MSNBC last night, right? Yeah, so I did the 7 p.m. show uh, last night um, for MSNBC, and I'm going to be doing it again tomorrow night, Friday night. So I'm, you know, when I, like today is a very busy day. I've had two conference calls already today. I'm doing meetings that I would normally be doing in person, just doing by Zoom, you know, for projects that are, that are still coming up. Because, you know, I'm still trying to keep the projects that I had uh, planned, you know, going. Yeah. Because you don't want to give up on all the stuff that you're trying to do just because you're, you know, it's Armageddon. Uh, so I'm still having meetings, doing them all by phone. We have a lot of documentary projects we're trying to get off the ground. I've been meeting with my agents, talking about the book that, the book project that I'm hoping to start soon. So I'm just literally trying to continue having my life. Um, and all of the adult children are all in their separate wings of the house doing their own things, mainly video games. Or one of them is writing, trying to get his writing done the daughter trying to get like drawing projects going. We're all just trying to keep our projects going because otherwise you'll go crazy. You know what I mean? And luckily our kids are older, so they don't need, um, they don't need like handholding. They don't need us to teach them. There's no school. School's done. They're not in school anymore. We only have one college student, but college has been called off for the semester. Uh, so there's no assignments. There's no finals. It's all just canceled. So there's nothing really for them that's urgent that we have to help them with. So we're lucky in the sense that, you know, this is one of the benefits of having kids early because we don't have to worry about that. I have so many friends with young kids and I feel so sorry for them. They are um, losing their minds. They're yes. losing their minds. A lot of them are, a lot of them are having to homeschool without virtual classes. Like the teachers are Damn. just getting assignments or yes. plan and they're having to figure it out on their yes. own. Yes. I can't even imagine trying to wrap my head around this new math. Girl, I still no. get the old math. I can't barely do it all, man. And then so, and it's funny because I have a good friend who's a, Jason, I have a good friend who's a teacher and she's texting me about the challenges teachers are having. You know, first, at first, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, was very slow to close the schools. So their initial anxiety was having to still go to work. Even when the schools, when the kids were being pulled out, the teachers for quite a while had to still go in and do all the lesson planning. Then they had to do this training so they could learn how to teach from home, get the technology to do it. And then not every kid, and then now that they're trying to do that, not every child has that technology available. That's one of the other racial disparities is not every, you know, kid, particularly kids of color, they don't all have access to the technology to learn from home. So teachers are trying to figure out with all these disparate, you know, disparate things that people have access to, disparate levels of learning. Now you're having to deal with that plus not having the kids in the class. So they're all also, teachers are trying to figure this out too. So it's, it's difficult all the way around. It is. And it goes back to the argument that's a, a longstanding one. And that is that Wi-Fi should be free. You should not have to pay yeah. for Wi-Fi anywhere. It's just, yeah. it's, it's like air. It should be free. You know 100%. what I mean? It just, it, yeah. you know, because kids in poor communities, you know, at least they can have access to, you know, if you provide them with a computer, if they don't have Wi-Fi, what are yeah. they going to do with it? So yeah, exactly. It's, it's tough exactly. all around this whole, um, to me, they should just, for now, uh, as we're trying to figure everything out, they should suspend classes and learning and all of that until the summer. And yes. then if they're gonna, and, and pick up the last semester, kind of repeat it, 
during the summer, figure out an accelerated way to do the last semester during the summer. Cause I have um, one of my interns who I, I've been working with, you know, she was saying to me how challenging this all was trying to learn virtually, you know, um, and she's on a different time zone from where she was when she was in school, you know, actually attending classes. And she said it really is tough for her. She says she feels in the weeks that they've been doing it that she hasn't retained a thing. Yeah. And I was telling her, you got to talk to your professors because if they insist on moving forward with this, that's going to be a reflection on you, mm -hmm. you know? So you at least need to communicate. But it's, it's, it's a tough time. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah. I, just, I just hope that we, I, I wish they would give us some indication of when this will end. I mean, I don't think it's going to be the end of this month, uh, no. April. No. But I'd like to know if it's going to be you know, the, the end of May, the end of June or, you know, July, I'd like to have some idea, but I know that they're, I know that I'm just, I'm just kind of saying that because I know it's something that they can't give us right now because they're still trying to figure so much out. Well, and here's the thing that's frustrating for me from the reporting point of view is that they could give us that if we were testing the thing that the, the original yeah. sin is still the sin, right? The original sin is that the US, the Trump administration refused to take the WHO test. There's a test that was developed in Berlin by a company in Berlin that every other country on earth, something like 70 countries are using the same rapid test. It's a test that can tell you two things. Do you have COVID? Do you have COVID-19? Meaning, have you been infected with the coronavirus which will give you COVID-19, which is the disease? And then the second thing is, do you have antibodies to COVID-19? Meaning, did you get exposed to COVID-19 but you don't have it now? Those are the two things that we need to know and you need to know them fast. It can't be five days you have to wait to find out. You need to know Quick. Other countries are doing that. The reason we know so much more about what's happening in Italy and Germany and England and China is they all use the same test. They're using it in, in, in the countries in, in Africa, in South America, everywhere else but us. Because we don't have that test. And then Trump wanted the CDC to make our own test. The test they made was garbage. They had to then remake the test. And now very few states have access to any test, even the American test, which can take like five, seven days. Because we're not testing, we can't send people back to work. If right. it was easy enough to say, all right, Jackie and all of your staff on your show, get tested. Everyone who tested clear can go back to work. Once we've yeah, tested clear. You know what I mean? That, that ship has sailed. It's like, unfortunately, they'll have to pay the price of that down the road when we look for back sure. at everything that was done wrong. But for now, I just to, to deal with my life, I just want to have some indication. Which you'll never get it without testing. Though. If you don't start testing, you'll never get that. The problem is they're not gonna. They're not gonna do it. They're not. They. They're. They're not gonna do it. We're not gonna get to the point anytime in this round of COVID nineteen. We're not gonna get to the point where there's mass testing. It's not but gonna. We're never getting back. I mean, the thing is, until we do, and state by state, the federal government never will. But states that I, I, I will promise you that states that get to the massive testing, the to rapid testing, will get back to normal before states that don't. And so you're seeing New York start to move in that direction. I know Maryland is moving that direction. Some yeah. states are moving to rapid testing. New York is. So Westchester, they have drive-through testing. New York will be able to pull itself back together before a state like Florida that isn't doing it. If a state can get to rapid testing, but then what you're also going to have to do is say anyone who comes to your state from outside where they don't have rapid testing won't be able to come into your state without being quarantined. Because that way a state like New York actually could get back to normal. If New Jersey, which is also moving in that direction, yeah. those states will get back up and running quicker because then you can say everyone who tested pop clear that you don't have COVID-19, you may go back to work. That is what is it. That's the only way. There is no other. Uh, there's no other answer. And that's it. And okay. until states do it, because Trump ain't going to do it, until states on their own get access to enough tests. And I know somebody who's in the business of producing these tests who is like at maximum capacity trying to produce these tests for the state of Maryland. Once Maryland gets rapid testing, Maryland can send its people back to work. Yeah, I see we tapped into an AM joy vein over there. I'm gonna try to tap, I'm gonna try to wrap that up. Well, I gotta ask one more question before we tap and get out of this. And this is a question like, this is for, I know, we're, we're about to go down to AM joy. Save this for AM joy, joy. Let me ask you about Easter, because this is the other big thing. I'm talking to a lot of friends and pastor oh, friends God. and pastors. What are people gonna do about Easter, Jackie? And this I is the big church day. I mean, just get, get over it. 
Stay ah. the fuck home. Stay the fuck home for Easter. That's what they need to do. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know. Oh, Easter at home. Well, I'm, are you going to get involved in the hashtag Easter at home movement? Because there's a lot of people who want to like text, like, you know, tweet out what you're going to do. Like, what is the, what is the fun thing you could do for Easter without going to church? That's one of the things I think could be helpful is those of us with platforms and say, here's a fun thing you could do. Yeah, you put know. on some pastel pajamas. That there you go. Fun. Dress up like a bunny. And put a, and put a bonnet <laughs> Dress up on. Dress like Jesus. This is the reason for the season. Dress like Jesus for Easter. How about that? <laughs> I could put on a bonnet and that's about it. Because I, I really hope, because someone was telling me, someone from Brooklyn, a good friend of mine, was telling me that um, uh, a lot of Hasidic Jews are just gathering at these events you know, over the past few days and hugging and that there, I did not confirm this, but this was from a journalist friend of mine who was saying that there were reports that, you know, rabbis, you know, in Brooklyn, you know, are, are getting the virus and not surviving. I don't know what those numbers are, but it, you know, Easter, listen, I know it's a big holiday for a lot of folks, but I want to live until next Easter. How yeah, exactly. How it's like, Easter? do you want to have Easter service or do you want to be alive? <laughs> I mean, really, it's just like going to church. God knows your heart. <laughs> God knows your heart. I mean, he knows your heart. Stay home. Stay home. But they, you know, they said still a lot of people in the black community are just out and about. Yeah. Uh, doing their own thing and the numbers are the highest in the black community. I just, I'm, I'm glad that I finally got, I, I shouldn't say finally, it's my, my mother got it. I'm glad that my mother is not one that is like, I, and her pat, they, they, they took some convincing for her pastor, yeah. but they shut down church you know, weeks ago. So, but there are some, as you know, out there, I know. as Trump continues, you know, having Dr. Fauci, well, Dr. Fauci is his own man talking about, you know, the silver lining you know, we need to get back to normalcy, all that kind of stuff, girl. Mm -hmm. And people start thinking that it's time to get back out there. I don't see this ending anytime soon. Mm -mm. Anytime soon, at least until, I mean, if you had to guess, Joanne, when, if you had, to, if you had to throw a number out there, when would you say, like the end of what month do you think that we'll get, we'll start coming out of our homes and getting back to normal? I mean, I have no, you know, there's nothing behind this. Don't take this as anything that is even journalistically, you know, based. This is just, if I had to throw out a kind of guess just based on what you hear out there about the cycles of this, that I could see some um, return to something like normalcy in maybe the end of August, like the toward the end of the summer, because I think you need a full summer of seeing if this abates. Now here's the challenge, because this is what's happening in other countries that have seasons that are behind ours or ahead of ours. Yeah. You could see it abate in the summer because flu season ends. And so anything that is a, a, a flu-like illness, which this is a flu-like illness, this is a version of SARS. This is a, this is the, the technical name for it is SARS XXXXX, right? right? So these kind of SARS, flu, those types of illnesses tend to abate in the summer and so you could see summer people working their way back out again but that thing could come back and hit us like a mac truck in the fall winter that's what i'm worried about is that people will go back to normal in late summer and then we're just going to get rocked in the fall that's what i'm worried about so let me ask you this so let's say based on what you're saying here and again this is on no science you, you said let's say late august they're like okay everybody go back to normal, go back to the grocery stores, go back to social gatherings, go back to church, do all those things. How will you, Joanne Reed, conduct yourself from day to day from now on? How has everything we've been through impacted you? Will oh. you wear a mask more when you fly? If you, I know you don't like to ride the subway, but if you had to ride the subway, would you have gloves? Like, how will you, will you continue to shake hands? I know there was a health official I don't know the, the person named who, name who said that we should no longer shake hands moving forward, even after this. Like, how has this impacted your psyche when it yeah. comes to interacting with people? Well, it's funny because this is one of the things, you know, Alexis and I, you know, Alexis, my social media guru yeah. friend, um, we, we, we have been saying one of the things that has happened is that our germophobia has been vindicated, our lifestyle. <laughs> you our, are our germophobe. Yeah, I'm germophobe. 
So our lifestyle has really been uh, sort of uh, ratified by all of this because I'm not a handshaker anyway. I'm more likely to give someone a hug, you know, sort of a light hug than to, to shake hands anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, that this doesn't change that. And that I think shaking hands is a thing of the past in general. And it's interesting that shaking hands is now becoming a a political action that, that I'm noticing and I'm reading a lot of anecdotals of Republicans, Trumpist Republicans, now viewing shaking hands as a sign of right-wing solidarity, that it's yeah. Trumpist solidarity. So you shake hands, it's almost like a political act that shows your right-wing bona fides if you shake hands, which is to me insane. Yeah. Um, you're risking your life, but you're showing, I ain't afraid of death, I'm gonna shake hands because I don't believe in, you know, in COVID-19. Um, I think going forward, shaking hands is gonna is gonna start to recede as a thing people do. Because remember, fist bumps have been in, they've been out. Shaking hands has been in, it's been out. You know, the soul shake. Remember the soul shake from the from the you know from the olden days that our you know our parents' generation introduced the soul shake. That went away after a while. So I think shaking hands is gonna fade. I think riding on a plane with a mask is gonna be entirely common now. I think that wearing masks in public is gonna become common. I think a lot of designers and clothing designers are gonna start coming out with cute, interesting masks. I think masks are gonna become- That's already happened. It's already happening. I think we are gonna see some permanent changes and one of them will be that masks will be common. Now here's one of the things that's gonna be interesting from a black person point of view. If masks become common, is, does this then become another way that Black people become more susceptible to law enforcement? Are law enforcement ah, away ah. when people don't have on masks? Or because normally if you just wear a mask or a bandana, you get extra attention from law enforcement in a negative way if you are Black or Brown. Will that still happen when masks become just a normal part of society and white people wear them too? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if that changes. So let me circle back to my original question as to what will you do? <laughs> well, so I personally, I don't like because I love hearing from you. Um, but germaphobe, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a germaphobe. Oh, listen, when I go in on a plane, I do the full Naomi Campbell wipe, okay, with no shame at all. I take out my wipes anyway. This was before this happened, and yeah. I wipe that whole sucker down. I will not touch a TV monitor. Never. I don't touch some TV monitors without, I wipe everything down before I will switch the channels and swipe and all that. I, I, I wipe down the thing that I clamp. And I did that mainly because of the feet people, the people who take their nasty bare feet and stick them on the counter and use it to swipe the, I'm disgusted by that. So I've been doing that since I saw the feet thing. I do a full Naomi Campbell because of the feet people on a plane. Anywho, um, when I did ride the subway, which I haven't done in a long time, I won't touch the pole. And this was for years. I will fight for that door and lean my, my ass on that door. I would rather I would rather surf than touch the pole. Nothing. I will fall before I will touch the pole. And I will fall without putting my hands down and break my entire ass. So no, on, on planes, even on trains, even before this, I don't touch the pole. When I'm on the little train inside of an airport, don't touch no pole. I lean on the pole or I lean on the door. So I, my behavior will change only very little because I don't hands? touch stuff anywho. I don't touch nothing if I can help it. Mm -mm. Are you shaking hands moving forward? Mm -hmm. Nope, sure not. If you want to say how elbow bump is going to be my new bump. I love that elbow bump. That elbow you bump. Do, is right? Yes, I love the elbow bump. We're going to keep that going forever and ever and ever. I will not shake hands. Sorry, love ya. Nope. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think I'm gonna probably have a mask as part of my day to day. I will probably, when I leave the house, wear a mask everywhere. I and don't you know people from China do that normally because of pollution. It's been a thing for years that people in China just wear masks normally. Yeah, you see them walking around the here in New York with yeah. masks on because of what they know of you know polluted air everywhere. It's not you know only in China. It's really everywhere. Even though a lot of the pollution has, you know, lessened around the world because people are inside and not, you know, just taking the earth for granted in so many different ways. It's like, you know, nature is, and Mother Nature is just like taking a big, like, Okay. You know, Jackie, and it's funny to say that, but it, one of the things that people have noted is that during this period of social distancing, uh -huh. pollution has actually has gone down demonstrably because fewer people are driving and out in the street. Okay, yeah. And yeah, and today we're like, I think you guys are having heavy winds in New York. We're having heavy winds down here yeah. too in the DMV. You're just seeing almost like the earth is just trying to blow out all of this muck and gunk that we've thrown into the air people are eating less meat they're eating less you know they're eating more vegetables it, it really is i hope a lot of the behavior that we're all 
shifting to is going to be permanent and that we'll take more care of the planet. We will stop, you know, wild animal trade. I would assume the, the push to shut it down will now be intense. I hope because so. I hope so because that's, that, that's where this all started. But you know, uh, what really spoke to me was in Venice, you know, if for those who have been to Venice, you know, the gondolas and you know, oh, everything. It's so gunky. It's so polluted. But now the waters are clear. You, you can go. see to the bottom now because people aren't there to pollute it. So I'm, I'm with you. I hope that people see this as an indicator that we need to take better care of this planet and ourselves. And ourselves. The pollution is not, it, it seeps back into us yes. the way we pollute yes. in some kind of way, whether it's the air we breathe or the water we drink or Absolutely. the food we eat. You yes. know, the animals are eating you know, from contaminated grass and, you know, feed and all that kind of thing. It comes back to us in one way or, or the other, which yes. is why I don't understand why people eat meat. Um, because what they <laughs> well, it does feel like this whole thing is, you know, it, it you know, people try to say it, it came from animals and birds, but we do to the animals and birds what gets done back to us through the viruses that they then pass back to us. So we as human beings who are the stewards of the planet, can't put the responsibility on the beasts of the planet when you know when things like viruses sling back on us. We did it. So I think one of the things that hopefully does come from this is a sense of human responsibility. We are the ones polluting the earth. We are the ones raking all the oil and gas out of the planet, which for the planet must need that thing down there for something. We need to take better care of the earth, so the earth will take care of us. Absolutely. It's so true. This is a big a, a big um, cup of karma. Yes, it is, ma'am. And we're learning the hard way that yeah. if you just take the earth for granted, the earth will screw the hell out of you. <laughs> it does. I mean, we, we take it for granted. We abuse it, the animals and just everything. It's just, it's horrific what happens. So let me ask you about your hair, which looks amazing. Thank you. Who is sneaking over there and doing your hair? Because Listen, because I have time on my hands, I'm learning to do all kinds of things. I'm learning how to do makeup. I'm learning how to do my hair. Because did you I do your own makeup? I did my own makeup. I'm doing my own makeup for the TV shows that I'm doing. Um, I had a wonderful lesson from uh, Danielle, who those of you who know, my, my principal makeup artist. Um, Danielle um, gave me a, a one-off lesson. And this was almost a year ago. And I never had to use it because this was just in case when I had to go out and they weren't sending hair and makeup with me, mm -hmm. a lot of the time they would send me out and the hair and makeup, particularly the makeup person they would give me, it wouldn't be the best because they would just pick someone local who really didn't know how to do black people, didn't know how to do black skin. So she gave me a very quickie lesson on how to do it. And years before that, Bill G, my previous makeup artist, would give me one. So there are two types of makeup looks that I know how to do. The one Bilgey showed me how to do and the one Danielle showed me how to do. But what I never did this today. I did it myself. So now, now because, which look that you learned is Oh, the, these are neither one. I didn't have time. So all I did was do a brow. I did a brow and I put a little under the brow. I don't have I don't have full makeup on. I just have some Girl, you have such great skin. You look really good. Oh no no there's found I have powder. I have a little foundation, a little powder and a little bit of a brow. And that's pretty much it. But um, tonight, when I do the show, I'm going to have, you know, when I do the broadcast, I'm going to fully make it up. You know, I was late. <laughs> I was running late. <laughs> you look good, though. You shouldn't add too much more to what you have yeah. on. I'm not going to do a ton because everybody knows I'm at home. So I don't need to be fully made up. I'm, it is not for broadcast, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because it, during the process of this, uh, of, of staying at home, I'm actually turning into a girl. <laughs> I'm learning how to do all the girl things. Because girl in high school, I was like, roll my eyes. I ain't learned to do that. I was such a boy. All I did was play sports. Want to play? I was like playing football, playing basketball. You know, I was such a boy growing up that I didn't know how to do any of this crap. <laughs> well, you have femmed up because <laughs> the hair is like, as you turn, it looks so good. And this is Giselle. You know Giselle as well as I do. Giselle came, made this up with the bun bun. So yeah. I'm just trying to recreate the bun bun. And sometimes it takes me a while to do it because I'll have starts and fails, you know, of it. One yeah. thing I do need though, and I can use some help, is the edges. My edges are just, I put the edge cream on it, lasts for like 10 minutes. Then the edge cream just goes. I got to wrap my edges up. I say this, from what I've been learning about natural hair, don't go crazy on the edge stuff. You know, try to put what you can on it, wrap it with a scarf and try to lay it down and then just let it be because I don't a lot of that it. stuff has um, yeah. chemicals in it, alcohol in it, 
and stuff, you got to be careful with what you do with your edges. People told me that early on, yeah. particularly like yeah. dealing with wigs on, like anything like with natural hair. Yeah. Trying to be completely healthy. So don't go crazy because your edges look good. My edges are okay, but you know what happens is over time they start to come back up. So you're right. And I don't want to brush them down with a, because too much brushing is ruining my edges anyway. And so since I no longer relax my hair, you know, and you don't, and I don't braid it all the way to the end. I have her braid it like not to the very end because I'm trying to keep my edges because I don't want to have a hairline that starts in the middle of my head. <laughs> right. No, you don't. <laughs> so. And I already have a big forehead, so I already am working with a big forehead mass anyway. So I have to try to keep as much hair near the forehead as I can. Right. Good edges today means a receding hairline tomorrow. Damn. I'm telling you, you may have them slick edges right now, but in the past, in the, you know, when you're 70, your hair going to start back curling. Uh, or before then, be careful. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, my my wig is a hot mess. I need to. I'm scared to wash it, but I'm gonna have to this week. It's cute. No, I like it. I love. I love that wig. We love. We love Bippity. But we where's Bobbity? I thought you Bobbity. Bippity is in the closet with. Oh, is that Bobbity? This is Bobbity because Bobbity. Remember that this is the second um, Bobbity because the first Bobbity is in the closet. Gotcha. I'll them out later because that one was really kind of. It, it was a uh, very kinky and it was just yeah. style. So I, I, the woman, Giselle, who made um, both of them, made this one. And then um, Bibbidi, I washed and damn near ruined. Oh, no. Someone tried to fix it for me. Charmaine did, you know, who does hair. At, yeah. At she took it and washed it out and did, because it had all these knots in it. I yeah. didn't know how to properly wash it. And so now when I try to put it on my head, it's like I got to stretch it to get it and stretch it over here and stretch it over here. And, but this one, you know, goes, just fits right on my head. So I like this one better. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you could do a dry, does dry shampoo work on wigs? I don't know. Cause then you don't have to worry about disrupting it too much, but I don't know. I'm scared to use everything. I'm with you. When I had my wig, I gave them two. Giselle said, can you please wash it and give it back? Cause I, really I need to do, I got to figure it out this time, but I'm gonna have somebody walk me step-by-step step because I've been wearing, they told me to, somebody told me to brush it out. Somebody said, don't brush it out. And yeah, you brush the curls out. Well, no, these are these won't these won't brush out. And if, even if they do, if once you wet it, it goes back to this. Like this is okay. the natural state of this. All I have to do is to wet it. Yeah. Back. So it's a, it's great. It's real hair. But they told me when you um, to put it in like a big plastic bag and put water in it and put a little bit of shampoo and just kind of shake oh. it out and squeeze it and yeah. then rinse it out, put it back in there and then put water and conditioner and then shake it in there. And then, you know, and then that's all you need to do because the mistake I made with Bibbidi was I just took it and I just, just wash, it. wash it like regularly you'd wash your hair. Yeah. And girl, that thing knotted up in so many places I, for six hours. I told you, I was trying to, I had olive oil, coconut oil, mm -hmm conditioner it was it mm -hmm. those knots would not come out but Charmaine got them out I don't know what it's she too did. much yeah and the daughter she took out her braid she had braids she had these braids that had this yarn this blue yarn um over them it was real cute but she took it out and what she wound up doing with her hair is she figured out how to do her own two strand twist so she just put her hair in two strand twist and then she can take it out and have it be a little bit of a fro so it's like we all learning how to do our hair and none of us are hair people we are not hair people and I did not give my daughter any hair skills because I have none either but it's funny because the, the time on our hands is giving you an opportunity to learn how to do some things that are self-care types of things you know yeah. and it's and those are the that's the good thing about it and so I, I think if we can find ways to use it you know I cannot let you go Jackie without more things to watch because you know I go through the things to watch too quickly the problem is I binge and I binge it all in one go so I need new Netflix shows I need I desperately need something new what's happening on Netflix that's good well, Uncorked is the first thing that you should watch, um, starring Sterling K. Brown, Niecy Nash, and a new young actor playing their son. And mm -hmm. I talked about that one last time we you talked. Did. I have that in my saves. I'm, that one is saved, yes. I promise you start with that one. It's a little okay. indie film. It is so well done. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll just make you feel good. It really is one of the best things out there. And then I always, I, I mentioned all the CBS shows last yeah. week. You should definitely lean into those because they're all feel-good shows. And I actually started watching the show Bull, which is in its fourth season on CBS. Okay. Uh, have you heard about this show? No, never heard of it. Let me tell you about it because you might like this. 
Um, so this bull is a, a doctor. I don't know. He's, he's a, a psychologist, psychiatrist. I, I, I get mixed up who has the medical degree, but that's his expertise. But he works for um, he works for lawyers in the um, judicial system, lawyers that have clients that are on trial for murder or something like that, but are innocent. And he put he has a team and they read the jury. They set up a mirror jury for every, every member of the jury. They set up a, a mirror image of that person. I'm okay. Now I can't explain it right, but anyway, right. they manipulated the, the jury in a legal way. Okay. It, when I tell you, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I have been seeing, you know, what is this bull show? What is this bull? His last name, his name is like Joseph bull or Joey bull or something like that. Right. This show is so good. So good. And it's a okay. show. That's a good one. See, for you, like, what kind of, you like sci-fi, right? I like sci-fi and fantasy. Like, I'm still watching, um, um, what do you call it? Um, what's the one where the, where the robots come to life? <laughs> oh, Westworld. Westworld. So I'm still watching Westworld, but it's once a week, and I've already caught up. I, I binged the whole season to catch up, so I'm already caught up on that, um, which I love. I like that kind of stuff. I like things like with, like, AI that comes to life because you know as i said i'm anti-tech so any kind of technology comes to life i think it's all true. about <laughs> it now, I can't, did you oh by the way did you watch the last episode of the walking dead so i'm one behind I, that is one of my projects i will have to catch oh up and i did not is it okay don't tell me but am i gonna be angry there, there are some moments with Negan that are going to make you angry because they continue with these efforts to try to make him likable. <sighs> I will never. I, no. listen, I appreciate the things that he has done. I'm glad he killed Alpha. But yep. okay, thank you. Kill him. Thank yep. you. Just kill him. I, I'm just, I, I will never forgive him. But there are some things that happen that are good. It's suspenseful. It's well-written, well-directed. They have this um, is this the one with the new girl that they introduce us to? I can't think of her name, but she has so much personality. She's been on her own. Uh, have you seen that? Oh, yes, but there's this new character. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. her so much. I can't think of her name. But yeah. You know, the Negan thing they're trying to do would be like if Ted Bundy killed Helter Skelter. Like you wouldn't be like, oh, great. Ted Bundy's a good guy now. Right. No, yeah. he just is a bad guy that kills another bad guy. Like I you Negan is a bad guy that killed another bad guy. I don't know why they think that we should like the guy who killed Glenn and Abraham. I don't understand why they think we should root for him in any way. I never, I, don't get I, I really, never. truly don't get it. Did they forget that beyond just killing Glenn, before he killed Glenn and Abraham, he was enslaving other people's wives? Did they forget all about that little harem of women, right? Yeah, that he was came in harems of women stolen from other people who he was also forcing to follow him, or he would throw acid on their faces. I mean, he burned away in the face, remember? Correct. So it's like, we're supposed to like, that's the same thing they did with the guy who got the acid thrown in his face. It's like, oh, you're a bad guy too, because you imprisoned Daryl. And now we're supposed to feel sorry for you. It's like all these people who killed people that are the good guys on the show, they keep trying to convert them into good guys. I don't understand why that is supposed to happen. I don't get it. Not doing it. No. Not doing it. No. No. Megan needs to be killed. Like, they just need to kill that character off let it and just be done with it. Yeah, I wish I could, you know, because you probably watch something that you could probably binge um, because you like Supernatural too, do oh, you? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Have you, watched, have you watched Evil on CBS? No, but I saw a little promo of that. Um, you I should watch that. that. Maybe I'll try that. Because what's his name who played Luke Cage and his name escapes me, the, the guy that actually played the character Luke Cage, he's yeah. the main character in this. So you will absolutely love it. It's well done. It's by the same people who did the good fight and the good wife. Um, the, the couple, their, both of their last names are King. Um, they do great television. This show, I don't think, will get a second season, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it, they definitely have some good episodes, and it's interesting to follow. So mm -hmm. I, that is one that I recommend. For I recommend you. Mike Coulter. Mike, yeah, Michael Coulter, yeah. No, not Michael Coulter. Isn't that the name of the, yeah, Michael Coulter is the lead character who plays Luke Cage. Yeah, him. Why do I feel like that's not his name, Michael Coulter? That's what it says on, that's what it says on the internet. No, you're right. Um, but he is so amazing in this. It's such a good show. If you like Supernatural, that is one that you should definitely check out. I'm trying to figure out what change of 
management made CBS into the place with all the black shows. Because I literally distinctly remember Chris Witherspoon, I believe, did a story for us when we were at the Grio about how, how every year when they would do the, um, you know, the little convention where they, they announce what all the shows are, that CBS was the whitest network, that it had no black shows, no black um, presence. And all of a sudden, why, how did CBS go from that and didn't Les Moonves, he was one of the people who destroyed Janet Jackson's career after she had the nip slip thing at the Super Bowl. How did CBS go from that network to the network with all the black shows? I don't understand. There is a black woman who is now an executive there in entertainment. I do not know her name, but I, I suspect that that has had a lot to do with it because it's only been over the past few years. Yeah. It started with... Um, not not just with CBS, you know, what's on air on the main network, but also CBS All Access, their uh, paid channel, digital channel, because Jordan Peele is over there doing the Twilight Zone. You have um, a new Star Trek series starring um, the woman from The Walking Dead that died in the in the uh, casket, remember? Oh, yes, yes. is now the lead over there. Uh, and then you've got The Good Fight, which is a show that's centered around an all, a predominantly, no, it's an African-American law firm, very successful in Chicago. Um, you know, so you've got those shows on All Access. And then on CBS proper, you've got The Neighborhood with Cedric the Entertainer and Tashina Arnold. You have got um, uh, Bob Hart's Abishola, which started this season. And then you've got God Friended Me, which is uh, centered around a black family. So there are a lot of, and then you've got All Rise with Simone Missick. And these people are the stars of these shows. It, it you know, whatever. Yeah, it is, now. CBS we is supported. Yeah. We need to support it. And it's so funny because you think back in the day, back during the days of, of Cosby, um, you NBC know, NBC was, was the one, you know, doing it. And yeah. then for a minute, it was Fox. It was Fox. No, then it was AB. Right. It was Fox for a while. With, with Arsenio Hall and right. Lily Pollard. Yeah. Um, they had some other shows. ABC became the network because it was Scandal and all those shows. Right. That, you know, at least on Thursday night, ABC was where all the black people were. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's interesting. W with Girlfriends yes. and Game. Um, so it's it's moved around. It's moved around. But I'm now now it's CBS's turn. But I, you know, it's nice. One thing that I, I try to watch a show if there are black leads or key black characters just to support them and talk about them. Yeah. So that they get that traction. Right. Yeah. Um, so that they don't get canceled because nobody was watching. I yeah. hate that happens, but I love, I love a show that talks about black culture, like Bob Hart's Abishola talks a lot about Nigerian culture, mm -hmm. but I also love a show like God Friended Me, where the lead character, he could be black or white, he does, he could be, you know, anybody could have played that role, and I, I love when that happens, you yeah. know, it happens a lot on The Walking Dead, you know, Michonne could have yeah. been anyone, but she would not have been as dynamic as she was if she had not been a black woman. Yeah, yeah. And then they turned her into Dora the Explorer, which I hate. <laughs> I love Dora the Explorer as a character, as her own character, as a character for children. I just hate that all the cool characters on every show eventually become Dora the Explorer, and they go off and explore the world instead of completing their mission. But it's fine. Well, it's the thing about The Walking Dead, to see is that Carol is back. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, good. Well, I will then I will catch up and watch. All right, uh, Miss Jackie Reed, let's talk about what you're doing for you. I am just doing more of the same. Self <laughs> you know, I might do my nails this weekend. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm putting no pressure on myself other than what I have to do to be on TV, you know, with the interviews that I'm doing for, for the show and, you know, doing the, the vegan sexy cool stuff. Uh, nails are not required for it. So I'm not going overboard with that. I'm, I might do it um, this weekend. I've been working out like every day. That has been, you know, my thing is self-care self first. Everything revolves around that. I've been eating, you know, a certain kind of way. I haven't gone to overboard with that. I'm still, you know, enjoying a glass of wine here or there and, you know, some popcorn and stuff like that, but with vegan butter, so it's not bad for me. <laughs> But yeah, I'm just, I'm still, I'm still self-caring. I'm getting good sleep. Um, you know, I don't set an alarm clock because nothing at, with work requires me to get up too early. So I'm letting myself wake up naturally, even though I'm getting up earlier because I'm going to bed earlier so I can, you know, I'm just, girl, I'm just self-caring. 
Yeah. I'm, you know, it's not, you know, and it's, it's hard. It takes effort because when I first, you know, cause this is week five, this is the end of week five for me of being home. And at first I didn't get it right. I was trying to do too many things and my anxiety was through the roof. I couldn't sleep. It was just, I was like, now is the time to be on top of everything. But it's like, you know, when I talked to Riza and I hope you go and listen to this interview that I did because it was really, it was really a great conversation. But it's like, now is the time not to try to do everything that you always wanted to do or catch up on everything, but it's the time to reconnect with yourself and just kind of take a break, you know, and, and just like, this is, it's not a complete vacation, but it is almost like a vacation where when you go on vacation, you just kind of reconnect, you unplug, you may sit on the beach and read, you know, we can't sit on the beach, but you can take a moment and, and read something, you know, not something that you have to read, but just something that, you know, a trashy novel, just something that you want to read and just really enjoy it. So I'm just trying to continue connecting to me so that when I do have to get back out in the world, I'll be mentally in a better <laughs> If they get you out, that's the question is, can they drag us back out yeah. into the world? We'll see, dot, dot, dot. I I'm gonna Try to copy you on the exercise. I do have opportunities to exercise. I just need to take more advantage of them. Uh, drink a little bit less alcohol. Do a little bit more uh, re drinking water and uh, and exercising. I, I will try to mimic that behavior. That's please. I want you to get better sleep, cousin. Are we gonna work on? Well, I have nothing but time, so I'm trying all sorts of things. I do still use my Calm app. The Calm app is great. It's, it's the one thing that definitely, at the end of the day, works. I do the CBD gummies. I now I take two. I updated. I increased my dosage. Drink some water. Take my CBD gummies, and then I put on my Calm app so Matthew McConaughey or some other deep voiced person can put me to sleep. <laughs> Good old Matthew McConaughey. That one works. I got to tell you, if you get, I've, I've recommended the Calm app to a lot of people. That one, and there's a guy named Alan Sklar. Alan Sklar. Alan Sklar and Matthew McConaughey, those two are, they are great sleep story readers because their voices are so, they have so much bass in their voice. That right. I think it's the bass in the voice, not what they're saying that puts you to sleep. Yeah. And just they read so slowly and they speak so slowly that you're just straining to like keep up with it and eventually you just fall asleep. Oh my God. And LeVar Burton is doing one too. Oh, LeVar's is good too. Yeah. LeVar has one that takes you out in space. So LeVar has one that of course takes you out in space and that's also quite good. Yeah. Um, he reads a little faster. So I need him to read that like slower for me. So they kind of put me to sleep because his yeah. voice is more. And the thing is what he's saying, unfortunately with his, I'm actually interested in the, what he's saying. So I, I've listened to his all the way to the end, which you're not supposed to. You're supposed to fall asleep before it's over. So the first time I listened to his, I was actually interested in what he was saying. So I listened right. to the whole thing. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the idea. The idea is to fall asleep. <laughs> so oh you be, be more boring, LeVar. <laughs> I know. Listen, you need to get some rest, my dear. Yes, I will definitely try. Well, I think we have reached the end of the road here for our podcast you know end of the road i just interviewed sean stockman from boys and men just oh my God. His solo album and they have a wine what um, boys and men has a wine called my like called harmony wines oh i love that see i've always wanted to make wine that's awesome i love it love and that this, he said when the grapes were growing in the at the vineyard they would play boys to men music Oh, so the wine is infused with their songs. Yes, so they didn't just slap their name on it. He said they were very involved um, with the wines. So that, where, where can we see that interview? I know. Um, it'll be on New York Live whenever. Okay. I, I don't even know the schedule of, of when these things air. I'm just trying to Riza is on Vegan Sexy. We'll be on Vegan Sexy Cool's podcast. That was for me. Okay. All right. Well, we will definitely check it out, Miss Jackie. I love we and we'll be following you, um, Madam, on social media, and we'll be watching you on AM Joy this weekend, um, so we can find out when this um, this event with the, all these wonderful Black women will be on. Because I definitely I don't want to miss that. Yes, and I will announce that on AM Joy. We'll let you guys know about when that is going to air, and we will also, by the way, if you guys check out AM Joy this weekend. Finally nabbed Adam Schiff. I'm very excited. Oh, Adam wow. Schiff will be our A Block guest on Sunday, so please okay. check that out. We're also going to talk Easter and why it is so important to not be in church on Easter. We've got um, um, a lot of great sort of guests on that are going to talk about that, including the pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church is going to be on with us on Saturday. 
yeah. So he that's a good get um, to talk with him. And of course, Bishop William Barber will be on with us, but that's on Sunday. But on Saturday, Ebenezer Baptist Church pastor will be on and he is going to talk. Listen to him. Don't go to church in, on Sunday. Listen to him instead. I hope people don't go to church on sun, on Sunday. You guys stay home, please. Stay home. God help heart. He understands. Stay home for Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is. Stay home. <laughs> All right, girl. Bye. Thank you guys for being here. We'll see you guys next week on Read This Recap. Yeah. Bye. Bye.